Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Brown. I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and uh, we are talking about the call of God, and we are discussing different aspects of the call of God. And uh, I started on this subject about developing your character, things you need to develop in order to, if, if you're going to be serving God in any capacity, uh, either in the fivefold ministry gifts or in a supportive ministry. And that means even being uh, elder or a greeter in a church or serving in any aspect of the ministry uh, as, a, as a volunteer or as a church employee. There are certain things you have to develop. And the first thing is, is uh, development in your character. And then we talked about uh, developing in your knowledge of the word. And now we are talking about develop a good prayer life. And that's where we are right now. And yesterday I started talking about something which I thought I couldn't finish. Very important. Uh, and about uh, personal intimate prayer life with God. That is, that is the key to everything. So in Matthew uh, 6 verses 6 to 8. But when you go, go into your most private room and closing the door, pray to your father. So he's talking about private prayer, private prayer. Who is in secret? And your father who sees in secret will reward you in the open. And when you pray, do not heap up phrases, multiple, multiply words, repeating the same ones over and over again as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their much speaking. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Amen. So anyway, he's, he's talking about private prayer because he's saying that you go into your most private room in your house and closing the door, pray to your father. That means you get alone with God. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. Going to your private room, the most private place in your house and you shut the door. That means you're alone with God and then you pray. Pray to the Father, talk to the Father. And um, I started talking about that yesterday, but I, I want to continue in that vein now. See, the thing is that, uh, as I said, corporate prayer is a good thing. It's a powerful thing. But everything is based on that personal, intimate prayer with God. That is the thing we have to develop the most because that is when you and I, we are one-on-one -on -one with our Father. And we talk to Him. We enter the place of prayer all alone and that is when I can worship him uninhibitedly. I can open up before God and talk about my deepest thoughts, hiding nothing because, you know, even with with our spouses, we told them, don't tell them everything. There are certain things which are private, deep within us, certain things which we are even ashamed of telling others. But with God, there's no shame. We can come before him. We can talk to him about anything and everything in our lives. So learn to develop that personal intimacy with the Father because everything rests on your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And think of this, Jesus Christ wants you to, wants you to have a deep personal relationship with him and he wants to have a deep personal relationship with you because you are his child and he's your father. So this is something very, very precious. Corporate prayer is good and powerful, but this is even more powerful because this is deep, you know, me with my God and there's nobody else involved. So it says, so, so that's what Jesus said. These are the words of Jesus because that is how he used to pray himself. If you remember, he used to leave his disciples and go out to the mountains to pray. 
and he wouldn't even take Peter, James, and John, who were his closest disciples with him. He would go all alone. And because there was a time he used to be before the multitudes, but there was also that those times when he used to go alone with the Father. And that kind of time that he had alone with the Father, that is the kind of time that he wants you and I to have alone with our fathers, uh, with our Father individually. So he says, but when you pray, Go to your most private room and closing the door, pray to your father who is in secret. So that's in a secret place where you pray with your father. And your father who sees in secret will reward you in the open. So when you go to the father and talk to him about your more personal things and most personal things and you develop that intimacy and that uh, relationship with him when you talk to him when God rewards you and blesses you he will not reward you and bless you in secret but he will do it openly hallelujah now let me let me just say this God wants to hear your heart anything that you're going through even the uh, temptations or sins in your life and things uh, that give you deep shame things you have done remember Jesus will never reject you, never. Because everything that you have ever done that you bring up with him, he has already borne them upon the cross and he knows them already. But if anything, say for example, you're ashamed of things in your past. You know what, this is what you need to do. You need to go to Jesus in your personal one-on-one -on -one intimate time with him and tell him, Lord Jesus, this is what I have done. You know it already, but I just want to unburden my heart. Bring them up before him. When you have brought them up before him, then you say, Lord, now they are with you and I have just given them to you and I'm walking away from these things and from now on, I'm never going to bring this thing up again. I'm going to bring up other things, other needs, but this one thing I'll never bring up again because you have thrown in it into the sea of forgetfulness. It is gone because the Lord says, I will remember their sins no more. That's, and you know, these are the things, that is how I call it doing business with God one-on-one -on -one, because sometimes people have recurring things, you know, and you try to tell them, listen, you're already forgiven. And they'll say, yeah, yeah, hallelujah, I'm forgiven. But then it comes back again. Then it comes back again. And then they're, and they're, these are people in the ministry. These are people, sometimes they're pastors and evangelists who deal with these things. So I said, look, this is the biblical way to deal with them. Bring it to the Father. I'm not going to lay hands on you about this. I'm not going to pray with you about this. You go alone to the Father. Bring this up. Talk to him. And once you have given it to him, know that according to the word of God, it is with Jesus now. He has taken it. It's done for. Then you can move on. You can walk on with your life and build your life from there. So uh, private personal prayer is a powerful thing. Then it says, and then he says, and when you pray, do not heap up phrases, multiply words, repeating the same ones over and over as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their much speaking. You know, uh, uh, when, 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 um, when I was a Muslim, we had prayers, we used to pray, and there were words in Arabic. Of course, I didn't uh, understand them. Uh, I do know a little bit of Arabic, but bits and pieces, but uh, I had 
memorize these prayers and they were prayers and you knew in the morning prayer this is what you said afternoon prayer this is what you said evening prayer so we had memorized those prayers and we used to say those things and go through the motions certain times you would kneel you would sit down you prostrate yourself you look to the right look to the left all those things and then you have prayed and, and what he's saying here is that don't just repeat phrases heaped up phrases and memorize phrases because the Gentiles, the heathen thing, they'll be heard because they say these phrases again and again. But do not be like them, but speak from your heart. Pray to God from your heart. That's what he means. And then he says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, this is interesting. If the father knows before we ask him, why does he want us to go through this thing called prayer? Well, he knows what we want. But you remember... Uh, blind Bartimaeus, he was a blind man. And when the, he finally came to Jesus, Jesus could see that the man was blind, but he still asked him, he says, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus, he didn't say, oh Lord, make me more spiritual. Oh Lord, bless me. Oh Lord, help me. He didn't say that. He said, Lord, I want my sight. So uh, there is something about faith and prayer where we are specific with God. And Jesus just wanted to, Jesus knew what Bartimaeus needed, but he wanted to hear it from Bartimaeus' own mouth before he met that need. So God knows everything that we need, but that is why we come to him because the father wants to hear from our own mouth what we need. And when we see it, we are going to have it. Hallelujah. So uh, develop a good prayer life. And the foundation is develop a good time a personal intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship with God and have a good prayer life based on that and every day take time to talk to God I talk to God you know when I'm driving my car I often talk to God and uh, uh, when I'm driving my car I talk to God and, and as I'm talking to God things come up in my heart and I said, Father, please do this for so-and-so. And this guy called me and can you please meet that need? This brother, his son is in hospital. Please pray, for, please heal that boy in Jesus' name. And Father, I have this need. I pray this for my daughter and for my granddaughter, for my boys and for Britta, for myself. So, you know, those are the one-on-one -on -one times. And I'm driving down the car on, on the highway. There's no one with me, just God and me. And I just talk to him. So make that a, it's a wonderful habit to have to have that one-on-one -on -one, uh, intimacy with the Father. You can talk to Him anytime, day or night, wherever you are, in whatever situation you may be, okay? Now, uh, we're talking about having a good prayer life, and here's another one. James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Is anyone among you sick? He should call on the church elders, that is the spiritual leaders of the church, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil him with oil in the Lord's name and the prayer that is of faith will save him who is sick and the Lord will restore him and if he has committed sin he'll be forgiven now another side of prayer someone is sick and that person calls the spiritual leaders in the church and you are one of them say you you know I mean if people look at you many churches don't have formal elders uh, they don't have formal elders, but they do have people in places of leadership. And sometimes these people, sometimes, you know, people are appointed to places of leadership. They say, oh, you are an elder. But there's other times when 
church doesn't have uh, formal elders, but there's people who, who rise to leadership from the ranks, so as to say. Uh, you know, it, it was like when I was in the army, there were certain men, uh, uh, you know, um, um, among the soldiers, they would just rise to leadership. In, in tough situations, uh, you would see people react in different ways. And sometimes people would just rise to, uh, to leadership and take their place. And that's how real leaders come from, uh, you know, uh, are born. So what happens is that when you are uh, walking with God, you find yourself rising to leadership if not a formally recognized leadership, but people look at you as a man or woman of God. And that's what I mean, rising to leadership. Whenever there's a need, the pastor turns to you. When people have the need, they turn to you because they know that you are a man or a woman who walks with God. So what happens is that when you are in that kind of situation, if you are an elder in a church that has an eldership, or if you are in a church where, which does not have an eldership, and they call you to pray for the sick. So what do you do? He says, you anoint him with oil, the sick person, and you pray in faith. And how do you pray in faith? Well, you have to know how to pray the prayer of faith. Because you can have this guy shows up to a sick person's house, lays hands on him, anoints him with oil, and says, Father, if it be thy will, heal him. Well, he has no clue what a prayer of faith is. And that prayer is not going to heal that person. The only kind of prayer that would heal that person is the kind of prayer that the Bible specifies that we pray and the Bible does specify that is we should pray the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith is that when we pray according to the word of God and when we are finished praying, we thank God that we have already received that which we have prayed for because we have prayed according to the word of God. And then we walk away from there thanking God that he has heard and we have that what we have asked for. That's the prayer of faith. So uh, so that that is why we all, all of us, we have to learn to pray the prayer of faith. Be strong and pray. Develop our prayer life. So we know when to intercede. We know the kind of prayer when we uh, are at a place of intimacy with the Father. We know how to pray when we are in a corporate prayer meeting and we also know how to pray the prayer of faith over a person who is sick. All right. So uh, it says the prayer of faith will save him who is sick. So the prayer of faith is a powerful prayer because it heals the sick. And then it says not only the Lord will restore him, but if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. An added bonus in the prayer of faith is that the person's sins will be forgiven. Can you imagine? So that that prayer is like a vacuum cleaner. You bring it in, it'll suck all the dirt out of that person. It will heal, it will forgive sins, it will cleanse that person. Okay, Luke 5 verses 15 to 16. Then he says, we're talking about developing a good prayer life. But so much more than news spread about spread abroad concerning him and great crowds came together to hear him and to be healed by uh, him of the infirmities. But he himself withdrew in retirement to the wilderness and prayed. <coughs> you know, you can be before the crowds, meeting the needs of the people, praying for these people, meeting them, but that can drain you. Believe me, ministry can drain you. You are before, uh, you know, uh, you are people, you're preaching for people, praying for people, and it can drain you. And what did Jesus do at that time uh, in, in such times? He would just go aside in the wilderness, in the desert where there was nobody else and 
he would get alone with the father and talk to the father. And it is when you are with the father that your strength is restored. Now, in Isaiah, there's a scripture. He says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And that word wait, uh, it doesn't mean wait in the sense of like inactivity. You sit here, you know, I'm waiting for God. Okay, I'm waiting for God. Nothing is happening and I'm just doing nothing. And some people think, you know, you just take a nap waiting for God to move or you sit around doing nothing. That's not waiting on the Lord. The word, they that wait upon the Lord. The Greek, I'm sorry, the Hebrew word for wait, it means to entwine or intertwine. That means, you know how you take several strands of uh, string or rope and then you, 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 intertwine them together and that's how you get a rope if you look at a rope a, a rope has many different strands and they're all twisted together intertwined together so that's what it means that when we are entwined with the lord when we wait upon the lord means that when we come into the intimacy with the lord so that we are we are entwined with him or intertwined with him what happens is that that is when our strength is restored because it is not just but it is also the lord and we are intertwined with him and so we become strong he says shall renew their strength so that is what jesus did because jesus although he was god he was the son of god he left his divine glory and his divine privileges and prerogatives and he came to this earth and became one of us and so there were times he was hungry, there was times he was tired and he needed to rest. So uh, for me, for example, when I'm in my, uh, in my crusades in Africa or wherever in the world I am, I minister to tens of thousands of people. And you've seen some of the pictures and I mean, there's tens of, I mean, huge multitudes come and I preach to them and then uh, I pray for them, pray for the sick and you you cast out demons, you pray this mass prayer. And but believe me, I mean, I, I stand on the platform. I, I move around a little bit, but when I'm finished, I feel like I've run a marathon. It drains you spiritually, emotionally, and physically. You feel completely drained. It's, it's like a battery that is drained. I mean, zero, you, you touch it and there's no juice in it. That's how I feel physically, emotionally, mentally. Then I go back, I have dinner, then I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning and then, but I spend the whole afternoon. I get up in the morning. When I wake up in the morning, my eyes open. I get up and I worship the Lord and spend some time in his presence. And then I, uh, I take a shower and then I ask one of my team members, my team leader comes just so I can walk in town and just get reset my mind. Uh, so that is relaxing for my mind. You know, that's how I recharge my mind. I just need to get out and see other things, then go to the shop, you know, drink some coffee, whatever. Then I come back to the hotel and then I might have a light lunch if I have anything at all. And then I just rest before the Lord. I lay down and I read my Bible. I pray. I spend time with Jesus. I get inter entwined with the Lord. And that is when I renew my strength and my spiritual strength, my batteries are recharged when I spend time in God's presence, in his word and in prayer and in the spirit. And so by the time the crusade comes in the evening, and then I'm ready to go again. And I do this every day. So during the crusade itself, sometimes the guys say, oh, let's go on a 
two, three hour morning safari, I usually don't do it. I would do that after the crusade is over. If I have a couple of days, I will do that because I don't want to fill my mind, fill my uh, thing with, you know, with other things. So I just, uh, uh, I just want to spend that time with God. So uh, this is very important. So ministry can, can drain you physically, emotionally, mentally. Uh, you are with people, you listen to people. And so what you need is not distraction, but you need to recharge. Distraction means you, you come home and you watch TV and, and that's a distraction, but it doesn't recharge you. You know, reading stuff and going watching a movie, uh, it's a distraction, but it doesn't recharge you. And distractions to a certain level help. Yes, I like to break that routine and do something, eat something, take a walk. That's distraction. But what really recharges your spirit is prayer. When you're alone with God, intimacy with the Father. And that's what Jesus did. He was, oh, the news was spreading. Because of the miracles that were happening, the news was spreading and people began to come. Thousands, huge crowds. It says not just five or ten or a hundred, but great crowds came coming to him. They kept coming to, together to hear him, to hear him preach. They wanted to hear him preach and then to be healed by him of the infirmities. They wanted to hear him preach and they wanted to be healed. So people came with all these needs. But what did Jesus do? He would just withdraw himself to the wilderness and pray and recharged. And when he was recharged, he would come back and then he would preach and then he would pray for the sick. So this is very important. A part of uh, developing a prayer life to go aside and rest and recharge. Now, Romans 8 verses 26 to 27. So to the whole, so to the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we, for we do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it worthily as we are. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads on our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. Okay, so he says the Holy Spirit comes to our aids and bears us up in our weakness. Now the weakness here he's talking about, I believe he's not talking about physical weakness, uh, that, you know, certain weights you cannot lift, certain things you cannot do, but he's talking about weakness in the sense sense is self-explanatory for we do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as as worldly as we are you know there are times you come into situations and you feel a spirit of prayer come on you and i don't know how to explain it but those of you who pray you understand exactly what i mean at times uh, when especially when i'm alone it happens to me i'm alone and i've eaten my breakfast and I want to sit down and do something and the spirit of prayer comes on me. The Holy Spirit says to me, just pray. So, okay, so it's good to obey that because if you don't obey and you say, ah, I can pray later, I will go to the computer and do this, then the spirit of prayer will lift from you. And once it lifts you, you, you miss that moment because you could be called into intercession for somebody else in a bad situation or another situation around you God wants to deal with and he wants to use you. So it's very important that if the spirit of prayer moves on you, I mean, you have an urge to pray, believe me, drop everything and go aside and pray. Now, 
when you go aside and pray, I'm trying to explain what this verse means. You don't know what to pray because it says here, for we don't know what prayer to offer or, 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 or how we should do it. So you begin to pray. So you begin to pray in the spirit. And I was going to do that in my next, next lesson, but I have to go uh, for clarity's sake. You begin to pray. You begin to worship Jesus. And this is not a prayer in tongues with interpretation or it's not, there's no interpretation to this. You are just praying, worshiping. You're coming to the presence of the Father. You're just putting your mind aside and letting your spirit man rise up. And you pray. And as you pray in tongues, after some time, after some time, the Holy Spirit takes over. He comes and grabs hold of you and then the, an intensity comes into it and you begin to pray. Then you feel, now you're moving in a certain direction. And then after some time, you might know exactly what you're praying for. And sometimes you don't even know what you're praying for. But many times the Holy Spirit will show you and you, you pray, you pray, you pray, you pray, you pray, you pray. As you pray, you pray, you pray, pray. And then suddenly, boom, it's done. So, uh, but the fact is that when you yield to the spirit of prayer, it says, because we don't know what to pray or how to pray, but the Holy Spirit himself this goes to meet our supplication on a plea. That means that uh, he comes and takes hold of together with us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes alongside and takes a hold of that thing you're praying for with us. And he says, with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And sometimes when you pray in the Spirit, you know it's so deep that it's not even tongues. It's more than tongues. You, you begin to groan and travail and sometimes it's accompanied by weeping and then you, but, but you don't even know what's going on what you're praying for but you go with with deep groanings and and deep yearnings in your spirit oh and you just go into into deep groanings and sometimes even weeping and then and then it says and he who searches the hearts of the men that is the holy spirit he knows what is in the mind of the spirit the holy spirit knows because the Spirit and intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saints according to in harmony with God's will. So the Holy Spirit, he comes in and uh, you see, the, one thing about the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, Jesus is interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. But the Holy Spirit's prayer activity, because the Holy Spirit is here, right? Jesus is with the Father, the Holy Spirit is here on earth with us and he dwells in us. So when the Holy Spirit has something that needs to be prayed for. He uses you and me. He comes into us, with us, and in partnership with us, he takes something with us and he uses our lips, our mouths, because the Holy Spirit doesn't have a mouth. He's a spirit. So he needs somebody to, to pray together with. So he takes a hold of you. And that's when you feel the spirit of prayer come on you and you begin to pray. And as you pray, the Holy Spirit comes and he takes hold of it. And then he guides you through it and you pray. I hope that makes sense. So that's what he's talking about. Uh, but anyway, I want to finish this and let's go to Luke 11 verses 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking and shall be given you. Seek and keep on seeking and you shall find. Knock and Keep on knocking and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives and he who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. And to him who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door shall be opened. Now here Jesus is talking about persistent prayer, persisting prayer. You know, there's a prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is when you pray once and then boom, it's done. Then you give thanks to God and you, you, you just because you know in your heart that it is done. Now, 
But this kind of prayer is persistent prayer. And this is different. Here you keep on asking, keep on asking, keep on asking, because these are the words of Jesus. He says, you know, it says, ask and you shall receive. That word ask in the Greek actually means not a one-time asking, but a continual, persistent, non-stop asking. So what he's saying is that ask, 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 and it shall be given to you. Seek, 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 and you shall find. Knock, 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 and the door shall be opened to you. And verse 10 says, for everyone who asks and asks and asks and asks shall and keeps on asking receives and he who knocks and knocks and knocks and knocks finds and to him you know so this is important because how do we know the difference when to pray the prayer well if you're a man of prayer if you walk in prayer walk in the spirit you will know believe me you will know this is not a textbook thing that i can explain to you this is but if you are walking with the holy spirit and you are praying then you know the times when it is time to pray once and to give glory to God and thank you because at that moment you and your spirit know that you have broken through and the answer is forthcoming. So you give it to Jesus and then you say, thank you, Father, that you have heard me in Jesus name. But then the other times you pray and the Lord just says to you, no, don't let go of it. Just keep on praying until you break through. And that is when you ask and ask and ask and you pray and pray and pray without ceasing, unceasingly. You pray, you pray, you pray and boom, until you break through. That is called praying through. That's what the old Pentecostals used to call it. Sometimes you have to pray through. And, and, and here's the thing. These are things that you know only if you walk in the spirit if you if you're a holy ghost man and you're a word man you know the word and you know the holy spirit you spend a lot of time with god and you pray you pray in tongues you pray in the spirit and you that is when you know the difference because you're praying and the holy spirit nudges you you or like i said you know the spirit of prayer grabs a hold of you and you pray with the leading with of the holy spirit the holy spirit leads you on through that process and uh, you can be interceding for somebody else or it could be anything else or the times you pray once one prayer of faith and boom it is done or you go to just push through and pray through all these things you will learn but there's no classroom that you that can teach you these things this is the, i call it the school of the spirit learn from the holy ghost and that is how you learn as you pray as you develop your prayer life with god amen well, may the Lord bless us all and use us for his glory. May our Lord Jesus be glorified. Let us pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your hand upon all of our lives. Lord, use us mightily for your glory to be prayer life, prayer warriors for you. Use us, Father, and bless our homes. Thank you for meeting all our needs because you're good to us and to our children, our families, our grandchildren, and our friends, Father, our churches. Father, also... Uh, Lord, continue to speak to us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, and cause us to learn much from you. Teach us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friends. I'll see you again tomorrow.